Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio. Your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Monday, September 25th, and we start with local news. The proposed American Classical Education School was once again revisited last week in Murray County, this time in front of state education officials. Members of the Tennessee Public Charter School Commission gathered at Horace O. Porter School on Thursday with a packed house of concerned citizens, parents, and local leaders for a hearing. The Murray County School Board denied American Classical Education's application to establish a charter school, American Classical Academy, on July 27th by a split 6-5 to decision. The hearing is the next step of an appeal of this decision filed by American Classical Education. The hearing consisted of comments from constituents both for and against charter schools, as well as comments from American Classical Education representatives. Public comments included about 20 speakers overall, equally divided between those who were for and against a charter school. The state commission will make its final decision on whether to approve the American Classical Education Charter School application on October 5th in Nashville. Murray County is one of eight appeals the state is currently considering. Thursday's hearing began with opening statements from Murray County Public Schools and American Classical Education prior to a question-and-answer session moderated by Commission Executive Director Tess Stovall. Murray County School Superintendent Lisa Ventura, as well as school board member Wayne Lindsay and newly appointed Chairman Will Sims, provided an overview of the application's history, which dates back to December of last year, when Murray County Public Schools received a letter of intent from American Classical Education CEO Joe Shellhammer with a goal of opening a school in 2024 to 2025 school year. Now the charter aims for a 2025-2026 opening if approved. This also involved the school board's previous decision to deny the application in April, also a 6-5 to five vote. Lindsay, who voted to deny, said the reasoning was primarily based on unanswered questions regarding the application and its requested amendments prior to the final July vote concerning academics and school operations. All of our concerns were based on that initial application, and so when the second vote was taken, at least as far as I can see it, we were expecting some recognition of those concerns or some more information, Lindsay said. The response to those questions didn't answer the questions, didn't clarify anything for the most part, so some of the same questions that were asked at the first vote still remained, he said. During the April 25th school board meeting, Superintendent Ventura outlined concerns or deficits in the ACA application as determined by the district-appointed ACA Application Review Committee. The review committee previously gave ACA a score of does-not-meet standards in multiple categories related to academic standards, citing concerns that the charter has not yet completed an alignment of school academic standards or laid out specific ways the school would serve students with disabilities. The school board also expressed concern about the lack of securing transportation and food vendors for the charter. American Classical Education Legal Counsel Rich Hagland said the charter school responded in the manner it felt it was requested and that maybe the answers simply weren't enough to sway the votes. It looked like one of two things. Either they didn't consider our responses at all, or they did consider them, but it did nothing to provide anything to the overall vote, Hagland said. As far as the school's potential location, which has not yet been identified, American Classical Education Vice President Philip Schwenk said American Classical Education first considered the north end of the county and Spring Hill, 
but hopes it can find a spot as close to Columbia as possible. The best way to find out the best spot has been American classical education's engagement with the public, he said. I don't know many people who know Murray County better than Murray County residents. A lot of that conversation came from simply talking to people here that are interested in establishing a charter school, Schwenk said. One of the flexibilities and advantages we have as a charter school is listening intently and basically being motivated by where people say as far as where the best place to have a school is, he said. Schwenk added that initial enrollment is expected to be at about 340 students in grades K through 5, although 150 would be the minimum required during its first year. This included statements from citizens, parents, teachers, county and state leaders, even a freshman classical student school student. Former Columbia Vice Mayor Krista Martin, who favors denying the charter school, said she was concerned the charter school would only serve some of the county's diverse students rather than all. It is tragic that we are here again looking at the school coming into the Murray County public school system that's been voted down twice, Martin said. We need to increase the pay of our teachers, support staff and administrators so they can manage and encourage learning across 13,000 public school students, not just 340, she said. State Representative Scott Sapicki, who spoke in favor of the school, said one of his concerns remains misinformation about what the charter school is, as well as the process in approving the application. There's been a lot of misrepresentation during this whole process from both sides of what a charter school is actually about, which is a public school funded by the taxpayers, Sapicki said. It will adhere to all the requirements we have at the state now and provide a good quality learning environment for students, and that includes minority students, many who are trapped in failing schools. This would provide an opportunity for them to seek a better outcome, he said. Opponents of the charter school have argued that the charter is not a public school. Former County Commissioner Sue Stevenson, who spoke in favor, said one argument against the school has been its estimated substantial negative financial impact on the public school system. Stevenson said no measurable methodology, such as a quantitative analysis of data and metrics or financial impact study, has ever been done to support the claim. Currently, the per-pupil expenditure in Murray County is $9,744, according to a 2021-22 state report card, which is approximately the amount of state, county, and federal funding that would follow students enrolled in a charter school, or up to 340 students, according to the charter application, equaling public funding of over $3 million. At the meeting's conclusion, both sides provided closing statements, with Murray County Public Schools standing by its decision to deny the school, while American Classical Education focused on the benefits it could provide Murray County. Comments from Murray County Public Schools were provided by school board attorney Jake Wolliver, saying the state should stand by the county's de decision to deny, deny it twice. The school should also be an entity overseen at the local level, he argued. This decision is best made at the local level by the people who know best the students, the teachers, the facilities of Murray County, Wolliver said. If the state were to decide there were some deficiencies in the process and that the application should go through, I can understand that and we can abide by that in the best way the applicant would intend, he said. Wolliver added that the fact a location has yet to be identified should make the state hesitant to approve it. People at this board made the decision not to move forward, and we ask you to honor that decision, Wolliver said. Schwenk argued that, as far as the application was concerned, the charter school abided by everything that was required, emphasizing that American classical education's intent is to find a new community to promote classical education. 
My argument for the school is that we want to come alongside this district, work with the kids here, and give them skills in reading, writing, speech, and to just be good, sound people, Schwenk said. There is a certain benefit it can bring to this community. Schwenk also spoke of the school's overall purpose, but also said the primary educator in a child's life will always be the parent, and that many parents want the charter as an option in the community. I think we've heard from a lot of parents is that they would just like to have the option, Schwenk said. That was my original intention as a public educator when when it comes to charter schools. It's a unique opportunity to say, hey, we want some options for our kids, he said. On Friday, Blue Hydrangea opened their new location at the factory at Columbia. French Por- Front Porch Radio's Mary Susan Kennedy stopped by the ribbon cutting to have a look at what the shop has to offer its customers. Hello, this is Mary Susan Kennedy with Front Porch Radio. This morning I am at the ribbon cutting and grand opening of the new location of Blue Hydrangea. It's located now here in the factory in Columbia. And I'm speaking with the three owners, Cassie Trammell, Sarah Holsher, and Crystal Curry. This is a fabulous place. Cassie, tell us a little bit about your merchandise. We have new fall merchandise coming in every day. We have a variety of lines and prices to choose from. Um, In addition to our apparel, we also have accessories, lots of jewelry, bags, purses. We also have home decor and tabletop, and we love to change it out for seasonal options as well. It's really good looking. Hi, this is Sarah Holscher. I just want to add that we recently moved to the factory in May, hence the ribbon cutting, and we are so happy here. The foot traffic has been excellent, and we feel like it was a good move for our business. Factory's a fabulous place. And last but not least, Crystal. Hi, I'm Crystal Curry. We are so excited today for this ribbon cutting ceremony. It's our second birthday also, and I want to add that we also carry women's plus size clothing. That's a wonderful addition. And Crystal, tell us about your days and hours of operation and how our listeners can find you on social media. Of course. Okay, so we can be found on Facebook and Instagram, and we have a website, thebluehydrangeashop.com, and we also ship. So you can order your products online, and it'll land right at your front doorstep. That is just perfect. And your days and hours? Tuesday through Friday from 10 to 5 and Saturday from 10 to 4. Well, it's all so good looking. I need to get off the microphone and start shopping. (laughs) Well, we wish y'all absolutely the best. I know you're going to do great. Again, this is Mary Susan Kennedy, Front Porch Radio. The annual Tony Starks Memorial Golf Tournament was held September 21st at the Graymere Country Club in Columbia, raising nearly $95,000 for the Murray Regional Healthcare Foundation. This year's tournament is one of the largest in the foundation's history. Foundation Executive Director Joe Kilgore said it was another beautiful day with lots of memories made, all while raising money for a good cause. The Tony Starks Memorial Golf Tournament is a joy to host each year. The day was full of fun with great people and beautiful weather, Kilgore said. We want to thank all of our sponsors, volunteers, and golfers for another successful tournament. Prizes were awarded to the winners and runners-up of three flights in both the morning and afternoon groups. There were also contests for longest drive, closest to the pin, hole-in-one, and the team putting challenge. All proceeds from the golf tournament benefit the Murray Regional Healthcare Foundation, a 501c3 charitable organization. Since 2006, the foundation has funded more than $4.6 million in programs and services benefiting community members in need. These programs include medication assistance, a food bank, transportation assistance, educational support, community health initiatives, and employee assistance. 
You can learn more about the foundation at www.murrayregional.com forward slash foundation. A new dining establishment opened in Old Town Spring Hill this past weekend. Front Porch Radio's Mary Susan Kennedy paid a visit to the Brunch Collective, located in the historic Kissing House, to learn more about that business. Hello, this is Mary Susan Kennedy with Front Porch Radio. This afternoon, I am at the ribbon cutting and grand opening of the Brunch Collective, a fabulous new restaurant located in the old town in the heart of Spring Hill. And I'm speaking to the owners, Pamela and Josh Batofsky. Congratulations, guys. This looks so exciting. Tell us a little bit about y'all's menu. Who wants to take that question? I can take that question. Hi. Um, so we actually source local a lot of items. We have a local baker. We have um, we don't use freezers here. So we kind of make everything fresh. And Well, we do make everything fresh. We have a lot of family recipes. We don't have canned goods. We don't cook in seed oil. We do all the fresh things. Um, so we do a lot of the classic brunch French toast, waffles, and then we also have avocado toast and huge fresh salads, and so we have kind of a little diverse menu. Um, It's all of our favorite things, and baked goods. Obviously, we do that, too. And full coffee. So we have espresso bar, uh, cold brew, and all the fun things. Well, I took a look at a menu on my way up, and it's a huge menu. There's a lot of choices. Tell us a little bit about your location and your building. It's just adorable. So, we're located uh, it's the kissing house so it's a historic building there's a whole story behind it so if you're a history buff you can check out uh what the kissing house is so for us it was a unique situation because it's a historical house it's marked as such and so we had to honor that as well with what we were doing and so our vision that we were kind of given was like this is in the heart of downtown and there's a lot of new small businesses coming in and so spring hill doesn't have much of a downtown and so we were like like, you know, if we can kind of be that heart of that with what we're doing here and we do fourth Friday events here, we want to have community events, we do a lot of catering. And so we're like, you know, if we can be the hub right here and then some of the new businesses coming in can kind of get on board with what we're doing as well, we can just kind of revamp this downtown. I think that's that's our goal. That is so admirable and so exciting. Uh, what are your days and hours of operation? So currently right now we're Tuesday through Saturday, 8 to 3, but we are looking to expand those hours um, and opening Monday and Sunday as well. Um, Right now, obviously, we have church life on Sunday, and that's a priority for us and also a lot of our employees. So we're trying to just work those details out um, to stay open later and and more hours. But right now it's Tuesday through Saturday, 8 to 3, and then on the fourth Friday of the month we're open from 5 to 9 p.m. for a vendor event. Oh, that's great. I love all the local producers you are supporting and that type of thing, too. And what about social media? Are there ways that our listeners can find you on social media? So it's Brunch Collective TN on Instagram and then Brunch Collective on Facebook. And also, we don't have our website up yet, so the best way to communicate with us is through social media, Instagram or Facebook. Okay, that's perfect. Anything else you'd like to add? Honestly, we just, we we were given a vision, and so it was to feed our people, feed my people, is what, you know, we felt like that vision was. And so all we're trying to do here is feed people great food that's 
good for you that's real and then feed you also through community and conversation and an experience and just feel like you came and what you paid for was way worth your money and you would want to come back and bring friends and bring family and every and yeah in your own town and so you feel like every time you come here you're getting fed so whether it's through food conversation whatever it may be you feel full and you left and you leave happy well, that's so admirable. Truly heartwarming. Pamela, one more question. What does an average day here feel like for you, and what do you see? Yeah, so we just get such a good sense of community here, and we have a lot of outdoor seating with weather permitting, like a lot of comfortable seating inside. Um, we're definitely not table flippers, we always say. We want you to come and experience it, and so people tend to stay a long time, and we have homeschool moms come, and they homeschool their kids on the lawn, and we're like, bring a blanket, you know, order several things, eat family style. Like we want you to just feel the heart and soul of your community here through good food and the way that we love you, you know, cause we love and appreciate every single person that walks through our door. Um, really we feel blessed every day, every day. That is wonderful. Well, I can't wait to try some of the food. I walked by and saw several uh, plates on tables, and it just looks fabulous. So, again, congratulations. Uh, This is Mary Susan Kennedy, Front Porch Radio. Cowboy Up Incorporated, a local suicide awareness nonprofit in Murray County, is hosting their annual Light Up the Darkness Walk, which will be held on Thursday, September 28th, at their office located at 604 North High Street in Columbia. Music starts at 6.30, followed by a short awareness walk and candle lighting ceremony in memory of those lost to suicide. Approximately one young person dies from suicide every one hour and 45 minutes in the United States. Suicide ranks as the second leading cause of death for ages 10 to 24. Research tells us that almost 70% of the people who attempt suicide express their intentions to someone. Cowboy Up Incorporated is a 501c3 nonprofit organization in Columbia that focuses on the prevention of youth suicide through educational programs. Cowboy Up was originally started as a service project of Junior Auxiliary of Columbia in 2005 until it became its own nonprofit in August of 2020. And now, your hometown memorials, sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Mrs. Virginia Ruth Priestley Lamb, 93, a resident of Columbia, died Saturday, September 23rd at Murray Regional Medical Center, surrounded by her family. Funeral services for Mrs. Lamb will be conducted Thursday at 2.30 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Burial will follow in Polk Memorial Gardens. The family will visit with friends from 12 p.m. until service time at the funeral home. Mr. Stephen Lynn Hay, 42, died Thursday, September 21st at his residence in Columbia. Funeral services for Mr. Hay will be conducted on Friday at 2 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Burial will follow in Polk Memorial Gardens. The family will visit with friends on Friday from 12 p.m. until service time at the funeral home. Hometown Memorials is sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home, serving with dignity and consideration for over 150 years. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help, gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer. And why Matt and Susie Sowell believe the way to honor tradition is with especially personal service. 
We believe your traditions, your customs, your rites of passage are very important, but we also believe in taking care of your personal wishes as well. At Oaks and Nichols, we try to do more than just the expected things, so the service you receive honors your heritage and is uniquely yours, and we invite you to experience the difference. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia, since 1856, people you can rely on. For your southern Middle Tennessee weather, we will have partly cloudy skies today with a high of 86 degrees. Winds will be light and variable. Tonight, we can expect mostly clear skies and a low of 57. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Three, two, one. Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance, our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see Shelter Agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years' experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Scalpel. Scalpel. Tweezers. Tweezers. Ham sandwich. Ham what? Sandwich. I was going to eat lunch when I got my oil changed earlier, but take five is so fast I didn't have time. But sir, you can't eat during surgery. Eh, one bite won't hurt. Whoops. Uh, Napkin. Napkin! At take five, your oil change is faster than you think. Take five, the stay-in-your-car 10-minute oil change.
Deciding what your next home will look like, cost in construction, or timing can be intimidating. At The Wave Realty, our licensed general contractors help take the fear out of home building by walking you through the step-by-step process of estimating the cost and designing the look that you desire. You can even stay in your house until your new house is finished. Do you have a family farm or a piece of land you would like to build on? Our prices start at $195 a square foot and include brick and nice finishes. Come by our office and see what we can do for you at 800 Hatcher Lane in Columbia or call us at 931-580-4669. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7. This program is sponsored in part by George Vrelis and the great team at The Way Realty. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. Tennessee's lobbying sector is doing just fine. From January 1st to June 30th of 2023, groups spent a combined $35 million on lobbying activity, according to filings released by the Tennessee Registry of Election Finance earlier this week. It's nearly $4 million more than groups spent during the same period in 2022, and a 66% rise since 2013. The Tennessee Medical Association filed, led the filing period, having spent around $330,000 to sway lawmakers. Their primary focus this year was a bill to address Tennessee abortion law, which initially didn't provide doctors with exemptions to save the life of a mother. Republican lawmakers passed a narrow exemption bill. Rounding out the top five in lobbying spending were the conservative think tank Center for Individual Freedom, the Tennessee Electric Cooperative Association, the Tennessee Hospital Association, and the Tennessee Healthcare Association. Groups lobbying Tennessee lawmakers must file two reports covering each half of the year with registry. Organizations file amounts and ranges for lobbying compensation, lobbying-related expenses, and exact figures for the cost of in-state events. The Lookout calculates the total spending by taking the middle of these ranges, except for the range classified as less than $10,000, where the amount estimated is $1,000. Corporations and lobbying groups tend to spend more money in the first half of the year because Tennessee's legislative session is usually held from January to late April or early May. Last year, these groups spent over $60 million. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. 
Turner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. Here we go. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today, and now our final story. Join Columbia Parks and Rec for its monthly Timber Tots program, where children can learn through nature and play. Each program will begin with sensory bins that lead into a nature-themed story time, followed by a take-home craft. Timber Tots seeks to encourage participants to use their senses to engage with the world around them. For their October program, participants will hear The Two of Us Belong Together, a story of friendship despite being different. Then participants will be guided through a habitat-themed craft. The program is recommended for ages 2 to 5. A parent or guardian must be present during the program. The date of the event is Thursday, October 19th at 10 a.m. at Murray County Park at the Bridal and Saddle Pavilion at 1018 Murray County Park Drive in Columbia. This is a free program. However, Parks and Rec requests that you pre-register. You can call 931-375-6103 to do so. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM WKRM Radio. If you ever miss a part or all of this broadcast, you can listen to it anytime or read the transcript online by visiting frontporchradiotn.com. It's always there for you. I'll be back tomorrow to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great day.